Hello, hey, everybody. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome. It's Dan. And Ben. From Daz Baby Roll, because you're listening to it, you already pressed play on it. Uh, we're going to be real quick here. Just wanted to do a quick announcement. Wanted to say a big thank you to everyone who made it down to the Melbourne International Comedy Festival shows. We had a, so much fun. It was ridiculous. Hopefully, we'll get those shows out to you pretty soon. Yeah, definitely. But because it has been a few months since we recorded this episode, we have a bunch of new patrons to yeah. say thank you to. So, a massive hello and welcome to Laura Edmondson, Lee... Lloyd, the Wolfman Wagstaff, Wolfman. <laughs> Robbie Anderson, Terry Keller, and wait for it, the Kilted Chicken. The kil- what? <laughs> yeah, how cool is that name? Chicken. Yes. So, um, so welcome to you. <laughs> <laughs> Jack should draw that one. Oh my God! Yes, that has to be an NPC at some point. Yeah, they've, they've made that name with the hope of being made into an NPC. I, I hope reckon. so. <laughs> I hope so. So, look, thanks to you guys for jumping on board the um the DPR Patreon train. We really appreciate your support um but thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you million times thank you yeah um but that's enough from us yeah uh, get on to episode nine it's here finally thank you for your patience to everyone else too <laughs> yeah thank you get we're, we're out we're going bye previously on dice paper roll in heavy rain now heroes sailed upon their crocodile mounts Past long-forgotten ruins, for days the river bore them south. They disembarked, Flo's weapons sung, its magic pointed the way, leading the party onward, from their path they never strayed. Hours on, they stood at the edge of a vast and desolate crater. This was it, the mother's tear. Crown Zero had been located. But the party were thwarted not long after by a solid, pock-marked wall. When Florence uttered words of power, received from her magic mole, teleported inside the tear, they found Blade and his monks of shadow. Vicious and bloody battle ensued as the heroes took on their foe. Wolf versus Hyena, Isamar versus Cat. Claws slashed and lightning flashed, but Thandor's blows fell flat. Flo joined the fray, a raging, swinging her mole with might, when... From her hammer erupted a blinding silver light. Then hatched a lunar dragon, spreading its regal gossamer wings. Its alien presence swept over the monks as it tore them limb from limb. Brackei slew blade, the traitor with a sneaky sleight-of-hand blow. From his femoral artery... His last life's blood did flow. The moon dragon bestowed upon Brakai the gift of lunar tattoos. Their vision filled with piercing white light that hid the world from view.
Welcome back to Dice Paper Roll, a Dungeons and Dragons comedy podcast. You are here with us in the pod cave. Now, Dice Paper Roll is made on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation who never ceded sovereignty over it. My name is Emil and I play Brakai the Goliath Barbarian. This is also book two, chapter nine. Um, Getting ahead of yourself. <laughs> All over the shop. Yeah, you know, I felt like it's important that they know who I am early and then mm. you guys can, you know, say whatever the fuck your name's <laughs> I've usually tuned out by that point. Um, we've just finished running our show at Adelaide uh, for the Fair Fringe Festival there. So thanks heaps for coming along if you did. We, uh, we had a good time, we assume. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Disclaimer. Recording this before Adelaide. I know. It's always so weird when you're like, oh, yeah, it's th- th- at this time when we're releasing this. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you would have heard an episode we released last week, uh, I mean, a fortnight ago for the, for the Adelaide Fringe. Yeah. So hopefully you enjoyed it as much as we did. <laughs> will. Yeah. We, know, we'll be, we, will. we know that in like a month's time, uh, when it actually is the date that you're listening to this right now, we will actually be super appreciative to everyone that was involved in the show. Yeah, um, thanks It's just everyone. hard to fake it when we haven't done it yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but thanks. We were pretty good at insincere gratitude by this point. Speaking of insincere gratitude, it's time to thank our patrons. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to sign up and support our show and give us a bit of cash every week, then you can do that at patreon.com forward slash dice paper roll. Our patrons are. They are Alex Boak, Blade Douglas, Daniel King, Danny LB, Danny Carroll, Irene Cucci, Jasper, Casper Morris, Leafburner, Lewis Potter, Liam Sterner R, Matthew Undead Ban, Mika Wallace, Ryan Lewis, Sammy Duncan, Trent Denham, and Trevor Goodchild. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, patrons. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Yeah, all of you. Now, uh, this is where I'm usually saying my name, but I've already said it, and you remember what it is, don't you, listener? Um, it's Emil. And I play Brackeye the Goliath Barbarian. For those who may not have listened yet, he's about seven foot tall, and he's a Goliath, and his skin looks like uh, the side of a cliff. Um, but handsome. Like a really handsome cliff. Mm. Like, like Cliff <laughs> like Richards. Mount, yeah, Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Chiseled features. Yeah. Literally. Mm-hmm. You've got faces all over your body. Yeah, he's covered in tattoos now. Oh, that's true, yeah. yeah sweet, cool. sweet tribal tattoos. Yeah, but it's like the henna right. tattoos. Yeah. yeah. Is this like a light brown tattoo colour or tan? Silvery, or? lunary yeah, okay. kind of colours. Cool. I'm Dan. Hi, I'm Dan and I play Thandor, the human fighter and cleric of Tempus. Uh, he's now also level nine. He has finally gotten rid of that disgusting growth that was uh, hanging in his neck, which thank God for that. That joke was running on a little too long. Um, yeah, no, that joke went way too long. I can't imagine how you would feel about yeah, that. <laughs> no, I was thinking that just as well. <laughs> it's all right. You got a you got a beautiful buddy, um, and yeah, Thanks. he wears he wears plate mail. He's got big old red mutton chops and a red mustache, and wields a glaive. And he's super shit at fighting, apparently. Just recently, lately, just recently. I am so hoping that my dice are kind of too today. Everyone can have a form slump, it's alright. Yeah, exactly. It's a new new DM, new arc, new Thandor. Fresh new Thandor. Fresh new Thandor. Uh, my name's Ben, I play Snatch, the halfling rogue, and I'm also level 9 now, and I get to play today, which is going to be awesome. Uh, Snatch is fairly innocent looking, um, but he, he 
he's not. <laughs> Snatch, Snatch wears, uh, if you look at the, the artwork, he's got like a yellow shirt and purple vest. And he wears gold braces that he stole off a goblin all the way back in episode two. Uh, and he's got a sick bowler hat that has a dagger hidden in it. Um, also stolen. Uh, well, from a child. A child, yeah. yeah. Yes. An orphan. A street I child, yeah. I'm a yeah. rogue, that's what I do. And yeah, that's me. Yeah. No Robin Hood here. Yeah, right. Yeah. Nah, Rob from the poor to give to me. You got a sweet dagger too. I robbed to the Rob from the rich to give to me. I do have a sweet dagger. Everyone to give to you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's kind of egalitarian. You're pretty like indiscriminate. Yeah. 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 It's Thus equal hiding, opportunity. Right. Yeah. Very fair of you. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I do what I can <laughs> to bring balance to the world. Mm-hmm. My name's Greg. I'm playing Alan, Aaron, Aeon, an ASMR Sorcerer of Helm, and I am also the Dungeon Master again. So back in the hot seat, uh, Alan is a level nine sorcerer with the Divine Soul subclass. So he, he is um, like a sorcerer cleric, uh, very focused on healing. He's uh, six foot tall, blonde, long blonde hair. Um, it's a very uh, in look at the moment. It is. Um, yeah, thanks for noticing. Um, he's uh, Nazi jokes, okay? I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that, that, that was, was where you were making. going, though. No. <laughs> well, it's obvious now, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah. Oh. Um, long white hair, uh, Aryan features, uh, <laughs> or are they uh, Aryan? Oh, nice. <laughs> um, and a winning smile. And he's currently wearing a blue priestess's robe, um, which Most has been uh, burnt apart at the back so that it's tied together in uh, to, it's kind of like a hospital gown flapping open at the back. Um, but we're not alone at the table today. We are joined by a special guest. Welcome. Hooray. Hello. Yes. This is Mika, everyone. It is. Hi. It is. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for coming in. Mm. The first person to play who's had a character in this show also with their name. So I know. did hear that. Yeah, right. It was a terrible accent. <laughs> oh, <thanks>. <laughs> <laughs> you said that. <laughs> thanks, Baker. <laughs> Diplomatic got... immunity. No, I <laughs> Diplomatic immunity. So, question of the moment, are you going to be playing the whole game in a South African accent? Um... I, I'll change to that now. Yeah, accept the offer. Yes, <laughs> and. Good. Ouch, that's a harsh one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about yourself, Mika. What do you do? Have you played D&D before? <laughs> um, I played one game of D&D and I played an elf and I hid in a flower pot until I got found because um, I was very shy. So I haven't got much experience, but I've got a lot of improvisation experience, which is useful, I hope. We hope so too. Hope Otherwise, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're in trouble. Excellent. Our our podcast is based on improvisation. <laughs> so hopefully it's helpful. Mate, you've just shattered the illusion that we plan all this really carefully. Oh, meticulously. Yeah. Meticulously, yeah. Scripted. All those random tangents were always there. Mm-hmm. Just planting the seeds all the way. And I guess you like you you'll be playing a character as well. But um, we'll hear about that soonish, probably. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you'll be introduced to the character shortly. Mm. And uh, you're doing uh, a show at the moment. Is that at the? It'll be over by now. But, oh. but oh. I am doing a show at the moment in Funny Young. But I hope you saw it. Must. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be great. <laughs> uh, tell us about the show. What was it? Um, so I'm doing Love's Labour's Lost, which is one of Shakespeare's garden plays. So we're hanging out in the 40 degree heat at the moment, running around in medieval kind of outfits. Which is fun, but torturous. Um, and I'm playing a princess 
Do you hide out in a flower pot? I don't, oh. no. I just yell at everyone in this one and hit people with my fan. Beautiful. And that's how you know Emil from you've done that before, but yeah, a different show. Yeah, we, we've known each other for a long time now, back in Ballarat and theatre and stuff. Mm. Mm. I just answered that for you. I'm sorry. Yeah. We've met. <laughs> <laughs> Once or twice before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. All right. Let's do this. Yeah, let's, let's play, play some D&D. Meow, meow, meow. Woo. Okay, everyone give me a constitution save. Whoa. <laughs> straight, oh, up. straight into it. Straight in. Nice Where, where's the, the description? Oh, actually, Mika, you don't have to roll. Eight. Thirteen. Brackeye also got eight. Alan got 22. So, Thandor, you and Alan are the first to awake. And as you come back into consciousness, your eyes flicker open and you, you look out into darkness. You're surrounded by darkness. But also, there's a swirling cloud all around you. It covers your vision. It, it limits it. You can see through the cloud above your face a band of faint light seems to be in the centre of the sky. And as you move your limbs, you feel like you're laying in a bed of snow. And it's then that you, you recognise how cold you are. The tips of your fingers and toes feel numb. You're surrounded by this oppressive cold. Oh, oh sh- so can can I see Aelin as well? Like, uh, is it, yeah, you, you turn your head. You're laying in um, in like a thick, what feels like a thick drift of snow. And as you look up and, and turn your eyes, you see fat flakes start to float down towards you on a on a very slight breeze, raining all around you. And and you look around and you can see your friends Aelin, Brackeye, and Snatch laying in this this thick drift of snow but as you move to look the ground feels strange underneath you and as you move and and the what you thought was snow crumples under your hand it leaves a gritty oily feel what the fuck i've gone from being fucking stinking hot to now i'm freezing cold like alan fuck it's cold um, you guys, uh, Brackeye and Snatch, you wake up. And as your eyes flicker open, you also see this, this rain uh, of snow, this, this fat, lazy flakes floating down towards you. Can everyone make a perception check? I was just about to ask, what the fuck are we? Whoa. Aww. Okay, red dice is still not in my friend. 17. 12. 12. Uh, 16 for Brackeye. Yeah. Great. You, you're all aware enough to quickly notice that it's not snow that's falling around you, but ash, a rain of ash and a thick oh. carpet of ash on the ground all around you. It seems to have drifted in places and be feet deep, but sometimes beneath you, it's only, uh, only a foot or so. And as you move to get up, your hand plunges through this oily mass and beneath you feel like brittle, broken branches and, and rotting leaf mold. You look around and your vision is severely restricted. You can only see about 10 feet in front of you through the smog. You can see each other, but all around, everything else is just shrouded in this white, swirling cloud. Above you, like I said, there's the, the band of, of light, but it's, mm. it's dark. 
it's also it's dark and and that is the only light to guide you can we tell if we're inside or outside are we still in the uh, you you feel like you're outside you can feel a uh, breeze um the the flakes of ash are raining down on top of you oi snatch what? what's the last thing you remember what the hell just happened i don't uh, but the, there was there was the 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 dragon yes the, the and and the we were in the cave the Flo- florence how do we get outside i don't know what the fuck's going on what's what sweet tats bro <laughs> oh yeah. Oh bro, you got inked. You cool. I particularly like the one on my arm knee. I yes. The swirling pattern is, is quite quite Can everyone make a constitution save? Winnie! Ten. Seventeen for Thandor. Excellent. Everybody is able to shake off the initial effects of the cold, but you can feel it gripping you. Um, Snatch and Thandor are feeling it less because you're fully clothed, uh, but Brackeye <laughs> and Alan are definitely feeling the pinch. Um, and as you watch Alan begins to, to shiver and his, his skin looks paler than usual. Also, as you look at each other, the, the falling ash and laying in it, all your whatever clothes you're wearing are covered in lines of, of streaks of soot and, and dirt um, and your face is uh, dirty and the dirt seems to rest on the um, the bony ridges so it's almost like skulls painted on, on each other's faces and, and dark underlined eyes and uh, Alan rubs his eye uh, and you see it, a, like a dark smeared mascara look under one of his <laughs> eyes actually looks sick <laughs> Oh, we've all become emo. Oh, no. back in the early 2000s again. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> Not again. I already did this once. I thought oh. I'd left that face behind. <laughs> Quick, let me cut in my fringe. Brack Eye notices Alan shivering. He's like, come here, mate. Oh, th- th- thanks, Brack Eye. It's all right. Um, we don't have any other clothes or anything. I, I'll, um, Thandor will take off his cloak and give it to... Um, Brack guy, assuming that you have no clothes. Although I could give it to and just cover your ass, Alan. But no, no, I'll give I'll give it to um, Brack guy. Alan grips his robe around you, himself. You, you can borrow my cloak just to cover your your butt cheeks if you like, Alan. It, oh. it won't cover much else. Oh, thank you. Alan immediately puts it over his shoulders, so it actually <laughs> highlights his butt cheeks underneath. It's just a little bit short. Oh, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> kind of pop my collar up a bit higher around my neck and sculpt down and go. Whoa. What's that thing up there in the sky? I, I don't know. Where's the fire? I, is the, it's, it, can we see, like, glowing... Like you said that there was the glowing light it's, above. Yeah, it's more like a, a silvery light yeah. that's diffused through the, the smog that's around you. It's so cold. The fire can't be near. Must be a no. while away. Um, well, where should we go? I, I don't know what to do. Um, not here? It's yeah, cold that's here. a good idea. <laughs> Should we try and find a cave or somewhere? Are there any tracks or anything like that uh, around us? Survival checks. Um, yeah, how's your apocalypse plan now, yeah. fucker? Sharing body heat. Stage four in the apocalypse plan. <laughs> <laughs> Eight. This is my favourite stage. Mine too. Uh, 19 for Thandor. Okay, yeah, you don't see any tracks. There's drifts of this ash all around you. You're carving paths where you are, so you can see where you've moved around. And in some places, it's revealed broken dead branches or... Yeah, can I um, pick up one of the... Uh, 
Snatch is going to pick up, like, stick his hand down and try and snap off, like, part of the trees or the branches and just see if I can even recognise at all what okay. it is. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you um, reach down and you snap off a branch, and as you lift it out, it's actually longer than you think, and it drags up out of the ash uh, drift, and, uh, and and it lifts up. There's no leaves on it, um, but can you do a nature check? <laughs> yeah, me? that's my forte. <laughs> <laughs> it is your forte. Um, you know that this is a specific kind of um, deciduous tree that only usually lives in northern climes. Um, well, you, you recognise it as that, although there is uh, a slight difference to the uh, the genus uh, <laughs> Ochius. Busting out your tree knowledge. O- yeah. o- o- Ochius. Um, <laughs> Tendaloidus, um, <laughs> which you thought it was. Uh, this, uh, um, you, you recognise it as being similar, but um, at the same time, there's slight differences that that separate it from what your your yeah. in-depth right. knowledge of trees <laughs> in deciduous forests in uh, in um, temperate I'm, regions. All I'm hearing is a bunch of buzzwords, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Genus and <laughs> um, well, I've never seen anything like this before. Uh, <laughs> So I sort of just drop it. I throw it up and drop it into the snow and see which way it points. And I'm like, well, that way. That's as good a way as any. There won't be any caves, though. If there's a forest, if we're on the forest floor, we're not going to find any caves. But that that seems like a pretty good way. Well, this coming from the guy that thought there were forests in the last cave that we were in. Well, you said snow. It's ash. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Little snap And let's go Um, So as you slog forward Through these drifts of ash um, You you start to crack through branches And and as you travel along Slowly the branches grow less and less And it's more of like a rotten sludge Under your feet Like a a rotting uh, vegetation Uh, (laughs) Rotting vegetarian Um, it's like you're walking through a compost heap um, covered in ash and the, the smell of compost begins to assault your nostrils. Um, and at the same time, the falling ash gives like a taste of burning in your mouth, like a, like a burnt wood flavour. Um, smoky, delicious. <laughs> smoky, delicious compost. <laughs> in your grill, so you um, you slog forward for uh, a long time, and you don't see any features, and and the smog doesn't give up. The wind starts to pick up a little bit, and and the ash drifts sideways into you, and the, and the cold increases with the increased wind, and you slog forwards up and down small ridges, always this thick ash on the ground and this rotten compost underneath. Um, you, you see no trees, you see no signs of civilization, um, and up and down these undulating hills, you continue to travel um, for an hour. Uh, can everyone make a constitution save for me? And we still can't see very far ahead of it. No, you still yeah. can only see like 10 feet ahead of you. Sorry, constitution. Oh my god, five. <laughs> 17. Nine. Okay, so Snatch, you um, begin to be affected by the cold, having given up your, your cloak for A-Land. Um, His teeth start chattering. And you suffer a level of exhaustion. Oh, okay. So... Disadvantage on skills checks. <sighs> like I need that right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, this, this is... Can we stop and rest, everyone? This is getting a bit... My little legs in this deep ash. This is fucking bullshit. Yeah, the ash is a problem, isn't it? Maybe 
Not resting, though, because I think if we stop, we'll we, cool down. We need to keep moving. We need to keep warm. Lesson six in apocalypse training. We skipped five. What was five? Five was keep your mouth shut when the ash is blowing in your face. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, come here, buddy. I'll, uh, I, I scoop up Snatch and carry him like a, a wee baby. <laughs> <laughs> and I look up at you. <laughs> it's okay, bud. We'll get through this. <laughs> Snuggle into Thandor's breast. Yeah, I do. Plate. Breastplate. <laughs> it's freezing fucking cold. It's really not helping him yeah. at all. Snatch goes to suckle on the, the breastplate and like his tongue gets stuck to it because it's freezing cold. <laughs> and because the breastplate, it's totally like Batman. Like it's got bats. It's, bat it's got bats. <laughs> Like George Clooney bat nips? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. yeah he yeah. had the biggest ones, I think. <laughs> the biggest bat nips. It was a Val Kilmer. I can't remember. Uh, you, uh, if you know who had bigger bat nips, then please <laughs> email us. Tweet us. Info at, and, yeah, that's right. at Dice Paper Roll. No, actually, please, somebody yeah. tweet me. <laughs> that would make my day. Pretty sure George Clooney specifically asked for a large cod piece, though. He also asked for extra pairs of socks, I heard. <laughs> <laughs> the stuff is cod piece. Oh, is it? Yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, Alan removes the the cloak that you'd given him snatch and, and wraps it around you as you continue to, to slog forward through the, the ash drifts um, and as you come to the bottom of uh, another small rise uh, you see in front of you that you can only see about 10 feet so you, you're slogging through and the wind starts to die down a little bit and um, you can see this thick sludgy river appear in front of you you can't see the other side because you can only see 10 feet in front but it's a it's an oily sludgy uh, churning mass and it moves incredibly slowly and it, it's got large rotting branches in it and it seems like some it's a river that that's caught up and and just clogged with all this this raining ash Braco looks at the river and shakes his head and says only mother nature would be cruel enough to poison a river this badly humans would never do it no i could no, i could not imagine a world where humans would be so destructive to their environment sentient beings couldn't be capable of this no surely we all know that it is important to take care of the planet that's ridiculous oh mother nature you cruel bitch <laughs> you cruel mistress fouling your own veins um, as you watch this river churn and slowly ooze its way past you, you see a body of a, a human form, but it's so thickly caked in this ashy, uh, muddy liquid uh, that it's this horror-filled visage as, as this open eyes and, and mouth uh, covered in this black ash come to the top of the river and then are, are sucked back down as it passes by you and the thick rotten stench uh, of the river assaults your nostrils that is ghastly I don't really want to swim in this no I don't know about this that looks really diff difficult to, to swim in and uh, I think the last time that we went swimming didn't work out so well. Just throwing that one out I there. Think we've learned our lesson. With yeah, that. no, I'm I'm with you there. I think we should go further upstream. Find out where that body came from. Find out where where the where the water's being soiled as well. Mm. Yeah. Might okay. Be. Let's let's follow it upstream. Try to not throw up if you can. 
It's rule seven in apocalypse training. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> you want to hold on to as many nutrients as possible. Yeah. And liquid. Oh, Van Dorn, that got me in the head. <laughs> and you've actually eaten so m- and breathed in so much ash that the vomit is black as well as it, as it comes out <laughs> thick and black. You can taste it. It's, it's in your nostrils, in your eyes. Oh, Mother Nature, never would sentient beings poison their bodies with such heinous ash and gross burning Carcinogenic. Carcinogens, yeah. Yeah. Nature. What do I think I am, a dragon? (laughs) (laughs) You slog up um, following the river uh, up towards its uh, to higher ground and and you you follow it along for another hour, another constitution save, please. 12 for Brackeye, 12. 10. 10? Uh, 20. 20. 20. Not not a, not a, a, just a 20. 20. 20. Um, and Aelan got 26. He seems to be holding up really well, despite the fact that he's almost naked. Um, could cut glass, though. <laughs> Real cold. <laughs> um, you you slog upwards and, and snatch. You, you feel the cold, but uh, you're able to walk a little bit further. You don't make Thandor carry you the whole way. Um, <laughs> I think about it, though. <laughs> yeah, you do. And then you hop back up uh, onto his back for a bit. Yeah. I won't do my signature move. It's all right, mate. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> don't sneak Whoa. up on me like that. So yeah, exactly. scary. You don't even tell me that you're, you're doing it. you just like, I'm walking along, and then you just like, your head just pops up over my shoulder kind of thing. I'm like, oh, my God. You get that murderous glint in your eyes, Snatch, and you, you climb up people. <laughs> don't do not do that to me unless you warn, warn me about it, okay? I'm practising. Okay. Yeah. That's all right. I'm not going to stab you in the face. Well, that's, that's he says, well, know. dangerously waving his <laughs> blade around. Yeah, exactly. But if I was, I'd do it like this. You Stop know? stabbing yourself. Stop stabbing yourself. Stop stabbing yourself. <laughs> so as you travel further uh, up the, the river, the, the wind begins to die down until it's almost perfectly still around you. The flakes of ash float down infinitesimally slowly, just creep down through the sky and you can hear the crunch of the ash under your feet and the the breaking of the branches and and as you walk in this echoing silence only the sound of your breath surrounds you which is suddenly broken by a thunderous crack from the sky above you oh mother nature sending down your death and fury from above we are weary travelers can we not rest for a moment what have we done to deserve this hell? What do we do, Tempers? Why are we in this hellscape? So there's this thunderous boom and the, the air around you seems to shake and vibrate and a sudden roaring fills your ears and as you, you look up above you, you see a, a meteor enter the atmosphere through the thick cloud above you. This bright, shining light illuminates the space around you much brighter than before. And even through that thick, swirling cloud, you can see this racing ball of fire scorch its way across the sky, thundering along as as this roar just vibrates. And you can see the flakes of ash shake in the air as they, they come down. That's not heading in our direction, is it? Perception checks. Shit balls. That is 23 for Brackeye. 21. 15. You all recognise that it is heading uh, towards you, although you think it might be going just ahead of you. And you only have a short time to calculate this and realise that it's it's not going to hit you directly as it roars down through the sky. Quick, back this way! Take cover, take cover! 
It thunders into the ground with a cataclysmic explosion that blasts the air around you. A concussion wave echoes out around and blows you all backwards. Can you all make dexterity saves for me, please? It pushes our sweet mid-air jumps just that little bit further. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, maybe not that. Sweet <laughs> mid-air jump. That's four. Four. You heard. <laughs> 17. Snatch and Alan leap into the air and high five as this as this thunderous uh, concussion wave blasts past us. Thandor got a six. Thandor and Brackeye leaping to high five each other. <laughs> get, <laughs> punch each other in the face. Get smashed by the concussion wave and tumble backwards, falling prone into the ashy ground. But the, the wave blasts back the smog and the, the falling ash and the drifts of ash on the ground. So that it reveals the ground beneath you and you you look forward and you're standing in this enormous cleared dome. In the center, a smoking crater and uh, all around it, the smoke haze has been pushed back by the concussion wave of the meteor. So you can see this dome must be 2,000 feet wide and uh, you... Uh, Diameter? <laughs> Maths. Uh, <laughs> you look back at uh, the wall behind you and... Even as you watch, the wave dissipates and, and the, the smog seems to hold in the air before it very, very slowly begins to creep back towards you. You look around and um, you seem to be standing in what was once a field. Um, the rotten wheat and um, crops around you trampled into the ground. Um, you can see a, a small broken fence ahead of you. A few uh, fence posts stick out of the ground. And beyond that, a ragged town surrounds this crater that stands in the center. So these small ramshackle buildings and this large ridged crater sits in the middle with a, a pillar of smoke that begins to raise up. And above, the dome reaches so high that it's blown the smog cloud back and actually revealed the night sky above you. And you can see up into the inky blackness, but like the Milky Way stretched across the night sky, this this bright shining asteroid belt floats in the air above the planet. The light of the sun reflected in this broken moonscape that creates this long line across the sky. Snatch looks up at the sky and his mouth drops and he's like, what in the nine hells is that? Arikis stirs in a dry, hot cell. Rough, burning stone walls rub against her back on the same points that have been rubbing against this stone for what feels like an eternity. The heat from the stone feels like it is cooking the flesh on her back and steel chains bind her arms above her head, the, the rough manacles cutting into her wrists till it feels her hands might shear from her arms. It's an interesting choice they've gone with here. Spherical. This room is spherical. No fucking corners. What are you even meant to look at? Trying to distract herself from the pain, she focuses on any small detail she can. Anything to distract from the battle within herself as the devilish consciousness tries to consume her own. Where, where do you, 
Where do you begin, really? I know I'm speaking to myself now. Um, I guess that's appropriate, really. Uh, I'm really, really hungry. And thirsty. I could go a really good dog's milk. Mm, dog's milk. As you dream of dog's milk, the door to your spherical cell swings open and the tall, impossibly handsome figure of Calatras steps forward into the archway. He looks down at you with a grim smile, even that small smile making his face more stunning to behold. He reaches up with a syringe of boiling, flaming blood. He stabs it into your arm and slowly pushes the plunger down, filling you with a devilish essence that stokes the fire of the devil within you. What the fuck is that contraption? I've never seen one of those before. It is from a world not your own. There are many worlds, Ariki, and you will find all about them once the transformation is finished. He pats your face as he steps back and closes the door and the burning liquid filling your veins rushes with a feeling of fire across your body, searing your veins and making your muscles clench. The pain sears across Ariki's body as you hang from the ceiling of the spherical cell. The feeling of dread and the devilish impulse taking over your consciousness and body. <sighs> what is this stuff? Slowly, yourself begins to fade away as the devil within takes control. No. No. Maybe. Maybe. I... Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right, then. Let's do this. The devil fully takes control of Ariki's. So, Mika, you are sailing over the planet on your ship. What was your ship's name? Golden Salamander. The Golden Salamander. Your airship glides in the upper atmosphere, sailing along the high-level winds, looking around the the planet for salvage or something uh, valuable that catches you and your crew's eye. And as you're sailing forwards, you're your 30-foot skiff um, skims along the top of the tall ash clouds that swathe the planet almost completely. Up here, you can see in the distance the glistening form of domes that protect the few remaining communities on the planet, shining amongst this endless grey expanse. And you sail along looking for any gap in this smog, any opportunity for salvage or anything you can pick up to take back to your community and as you sail forward 
the crack of the meteor resounds around you and your ship rocks in the wave as this meteor sails past you only a few thousand feet away. It rockets uh, in the same direction as your ship, leaving a trail of smoke and flame and it flies forward. Great. So Andromeda speaks to the two companions she has with her, which are Storm and Talon, who are a gnome bard and a tiefling fighter. Andromeda! It's one of the stones! I saw it! I saw it! Go follow it! Quick! Turn! Ah! And the, the two crew members jump to the, the controls of the ship and begin winding winches and, and the ship lists to the side as it turns to follow this uh, this falling meteor and, and you gain uh, speed as you dash along the sky behind it um, and you see it dive through the, the smog cloud and, and, and explode and as you dive down towards it the concussion wave batters your ship back up into the air um, to the edge of the, the smog cloud and the dome. Um, and you can see beneath you a, a town shattered by this meteor and in the center a glowing light of this uh, fallen stone which uh, smolders and, and emits a, a plume of black smoke. Um, so when the ship is kind of pushed back, Andromeda runs and grabs her um, mechanical cat um, and pats it and says, it's okay, Tink, we're going to get it this time. I think we're going to free Lysander. <laughs> Awesome. Come on, hurry up, boys. we got to go. All right, miss. Uh, here we go. Uh, arr, I'm a pirate. Uh, <laughs> forgot my pirate uh, words. Uh, yes, uh, they start uh, winding the winches and your ship sails down directly towards the crater. And as it swings in, you, your crew expertly turn your, your small, fast ship um, so that it swings around the edge of the crater and um, Talon... Just before it lands, um, Andromeda's going to pull out of her um, bag a parachute and hook her cat onto her back and just jump off. Excellent. Talon throws out the anchor as the ship spins around, but you just leap. Andromeda just leaps from the back. Tink in her hands and uh, the parachute blossoming out behind her as she floats down uh, towards the stone. But wait, Andromeda, I've never had to weigh anchor by myself. <laughs> oh, where do I tie it off to? I believe in you boys, you've got this. Oh, her confidence is very, very, makes me feel good inside. Inspiring, she's a great captain. <laughs> she is a very good leader. <laughs> Um, so you float down uh, towards the centre of the crater uh, and as you land down, the, the cold presses in around you but you can feel the warm glow of the, the stone in front of you um, and you can see it's a teardrop-shaped white glowing stone, very similar to one that you have seen before. Um, it seems almost a mirror of the one that you've seen before. So Andromeda's going to land and do a bit of a forward roll and kind of put her hands up in the air and just look around because she's seen these people. You can do a three-point superhero landing if you want to. Actually, just, yeah. just saying. Can you do an uh, acrobatics check for me? So it's a skill check. And what do I roll? The d20. Oh, oh, oh that's your first roll. Go on, do game. it. Say it. Say it. 20! 20! Oh, huge. Thanks for the dice. No worries. You're welcome. I'm glad that you're getting my 20s and not me. Borrowed Daddy's dice, by the way, everyone. Yeah. Fantastic. Poetic justice. Poetic justice indeed. So 23. Awesome. You uh, hit the ground in a, a perfect tumble and, and come up to your feet, uh, look around, and, and you're right next to the stone. I'm going to let Tink go, and Tink's going to go and kind of hiss at these people who are nearby. They are, sorry, that um, didn't describe that well enough. They're 
quite far away um, cool. and actually you haven't spotted them as you've come in you've just been completely focused so uh, the four characters are about 500 feet away from the crater at the moment sure. um, and you're down in the center Great. so uh, so Andromeda is just going to pick up her parachute and look around and put it over the meteorite to try and help it cool down you bundle it up and actually it, it feels warm to the touch but it it doesn't burn and um, the warmth as you pick up the the meteor and, and clutch it under your arm suffuses your body you feel better than you have in a long time you feel more nourished and more energy um, you feel filled with life um, in the same way that you did when you picked up the first meteor and as you turn around you see that your ship has uh, been attached to the ground and a rope ladder drops down and, and Talon and Storm slide down after you and, and come running out. Uh, can you make a perception check for me? So it's another skill check. That's 11. Uh, as you uh, head towards the other two, they gasp and, and look up and point above you and you spin around and over the edge of the lip of the crater, you see another ship burst from the clouds and just the sight of it fills you with dread. Um, it's one of dense fleet of ships, a huge black sky ship, three times the length of yours. It's covered in dull silver blades all underneath the hull and the front is a huge, sharp crescent moon. Look out, Andromeda! It's the Dead Nord! It's the Dead Nord! <laughs> We're fucked! Um, okay, so switch to the Type 4 again. So um, you see this small ship what sail the into the... What the fuck is that? Yeah, I was originally talking about the moons, but fuck me! <laughs> yeah, it's sick! Talk. That's so cool! That is so cool. I've been, like, geeking out over here the entire time you've been doing those descriptions the entire fucking time. Is it like a... Bird or a plane? a plane? What's a plane? Oh, oh yeah. Um, it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a state. Uh, it's a, like a, a place of existence. So the devils live on a plane, plane and there's a plane existence. of air. And and there's a plane um, of where the, the angels and where, like, oh, you know. In Goliath mythology, they're called helicopters. <laughs> oh, I right. see. No, that's a, that's a good name. Good name. I would have called them Chazwazers. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we go have a look at this Chazwazer? <laughs> Uh, yes, so uh, you start moving towards the edge of the um, crater, and while you're hustling along, you're still exhausted, still cold um, from... I, I jump up on Thandor's back. From, from the <laughs> journey. <laughs> okay. All right, yep. Um, and as you, you run forwards towards the crater, you're near the bottom of the lip, and this embankment stretches up in front of you 30 feet on a, on a very sharp angle. And as you reach the bottom, you look up the embankment and... As you look up into your vision, this huge ship begins to sail directly over the top of you. First, the moon prow, sharp in the front, and it's then the start of every Star Wars movie. Like, God! <laughs> <laughs> and then the hull of the ship slowly drifting over you, the roar of an engine at the back, and the belch of flame as you see. And almost here in the roar, the scream of a trapped elemental which drives this enormous sailing pirate skyship. Um, all under the hull, these, these sharp uh, scythe-like blades, some covered in dull stains of blood, um, and it sails ominously forward over the top of you. Andromeda, you and your crew begin to race back to your ship, but this huge uh, dent nought sails in, 
and maneuvers around the edge and as it swings sideways towards you you look up and see the shape of andre the warforged who is dense first lieutenant his crew stand by him on the edge of the railing and as you look up they all in turn lift their muskets to their shoulders and point them down towards you and the crew and andre in his emotionless voice yells fire a crack of lightning Can we a, a bit sp- less emotion in that please greg it's too, too good man it's too, too, too fire. much emotion there, yeah. there we go uh, a crack of, uh, of flame and smoke billows out from the side of the ship as 20 muskets let go their uh, ammunition, which sails through the air, whistling towards you and impacts you and your crew. Um, you take uh, 48 points of damage. Um, and you, your crew take the same. You are just ripped to shreds in a hail of musket fire as you are peppered. And as you collapse to the ground, the stone rolls from your hands and the parachute unravels as it rolls down towards the center of the crater and falls out. So you collapse on the ground in a, in a pool of blood. Thanks for joining us on the show, Mika. It was great. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Um, type four. We're at the bottom of this embankment and the ship sails over. We scramble to the top. Um, can everyone make an athletics or acrobatics check for me? Athletics. Oh, those poor souls up there. We're seeing, we're seeing the fight, right? Yeah. I rolled a one, but uh, I'm lucky. Oh. oh, good luck. Yeah. 19. Oh, nice. Now, did you say athletics check? Yeah. So you had disadvantage, right? Well, well, it's ability checks, right? Skill checks. Ooh. Not skill checks. That, that is an ability yep, check. that's what it is. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> 17 uh, uh, plus 12, motherfuckers. <laughs> Despite your exhaustion, you bound to the top of the the, um, the berm in front of you. 18 for Thandor. 15 for Brackeye. Right, 18 for Alan. So you all scramble up to the edge and you see this, um, this crew guided by this warforged. He pushes his arm forward in a gesture and this bloom of fire and smoke from the side of this ship like nothing and you've ever seen or heard the crack of 20 muskets firing at once ricochets around the the crater and you watch as these three figures at the base of the crater are just obliterated by musket fire um, they collapse to the ground um, a, a bloody mess and as you watch this ship turns and continues Continues its sail, and the warforged Andre leaps from the edge of the, the ship, a uh, rope tied around his waist, and falls the hundred feet down to the bottom of the crater, smashing into the ground like a superhero. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you you can see the the impact. He takes it on his two legs and one arm, and the impact does damage to him it shatters his left arm and breaks one of his knees but he scoops up the um the rock and is pulled up behind the, the, the glowing rock yeah and is pulled up behind the ship um, by the rope that's attached to him and as the ship begins to lift into the air he dangles from the back of the ship and is drawn up behind as it disappears off into the smog ahead of you i don't know what that guy is or what that rock is but that ship looks like it's from the seventh helicopter of hell Yes, a dark helicopter it It is. It is a dark helicopter. What fucking magic was that? That's fucked up, but those people look like they need help. Come on. 
Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah, they might have some food. Let's go. Oh, we can eat them. Run! <laughs> if they're already dead, I'm not going to put it, put it, I'm not going to say no, okay? Are we there yet? Yeah, I guess we're going to. Yeah, well, it's been like a day, not even. <laughs> so it's one day. Exactly. Hey, apocalypse plan, all right? It's been Let's a couple go. of hours. I'm starving. It's lunchtime. Let's jump ahead to chapter three. Yeah. All right. Um, you race down the, the side, and, and as you grow closer, Alan um, skids down next to the, the broken bodies of the, the three and people. And Thandor pushes Alan out of the way and casts Spare the Time. And goes, me first! Alan tumbles into the corner of the... Uh, actually, oh, because you're halfway down the crater, as you, you shoulder charge into him, and he just tumbles down into the bottom of the crater, his ass flashing with the, the hospital rope as he goes ass ass over dead down ass the Kimbo. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thandor slides in next to um, the small girl and lays hands on her and speaks out to Tempest saying oh Tempest please save this young one she's too young to die man and cast spare the dying uh, the energy of your god swirls down your arms and into this broken body of this young girl and as you spare her from death her features almost shimmer a little and her face shifts a little bit and you can't tell whether it's in your imagination or real but breath springs back to her body and as it does you see the forms of the two people behind her the gnome and the tiefling the rise and fall of their chest stops as that's happening um andromeda's cat latches on to Thandor um, in, a, in a protective way. Oh, what and, the fuck Andromeda is wakes up. <gasps> oh, this magic, get it off me, get it off me. Tink, Tink, stop, what are you doing? What's happening? A small mechanical cat uh, climbs up you and... and uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Uh, Thandor grabs uh, his hands around and just like piffs it to the <laughs> It lands in front of Snatch and Snatch sneezes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm allergic to metal. <laughs> Um, yeah, so you awake, you're riddled with musket bullets, you're, you're in a lot of pain, but you're surrounded by um, three uh, people and one down, one bare ass down in the distance. And Th- Thandor just like keeps on going, like, you okay, you okay? And casts like cure wounds after he threw the cat away, by the way. <laughs> so yeah, energy travels down your arms and you feel the healing energy enter your body, Andromeda, uh, and you start to feel much better. And though much better, still very confused. Andromeda's going to run and grab Tink and say, uh, what are you doing? Who are you? Don't touch me. I'm just trying to help. It's okay. Are you okay? I'm, I'm fine. What, what happened? Well, that sweet ass, like, RoboForge thing jumped off the ship. That was badass and landed like the boss on the ground. Yeah, you got fucked up by Robocop. Yeah, they uh, shot you a bunch of times. Oh, it was like Andre. a metal man of Robocop. Yeah, yeah what, I think that sounds What about exactly right. is a Warforged? It's a construct. Yeah, it's a construct. Yeah. Where's, where's the meteorite? Where'd it go? Oh, Who's got it? Was that that glowing thing that he took thing. with him? Are you, are you kidding? Let's go! Where, where are Talon and... Where are they? Ooh. You spin around um, and recognise the bloody bodies of your crew. Fuck! Fuck! I have um, to go. Um, uh, Thank you very much for your help. Much appreciated. Um, I need to get that rock back. Well, we need to get out well, of here. Yeah, um, um, it looks like your um, 
look, I, I'm just going to be blunt and not sensitive. Looks like you're a couple of friends down here. So um, <laughs> we're, we're really good at flying those things, aren't we, guys? Gee, we're not to be rude and insensitive. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm hung- Snatch is hungry. He'll say anything. <laughs> you're going to eat the people? <laughs> no. <I don't- laughs> we saved your life. You can't leave us here. We said only in case of emergency would we eat people. Yes. You can come. It's fine. I've got to go. I'm totally good at, at flying the, the, the ships. Dude, she's already said yes. Yes, but fine. I've got to get back to the asteroid base before they do. I just want to roll asteroid a bluff base. check. <laughs> roll that bluff check. Oh, oh, it's a 20! <laughs> so funny. Not when you didn't even need it. You roll a 20. Still trying to convince her as we're like all climbing up the rope. And like, I'm Tomity, really good at this. You're, you're convinced that... Uh, Thandor might be the best damn ship captain oh, you've this ever met in your perfect. life. Perfect, you can fly it then. Oh, this is going to be too much pressure now, shit! <laughs> Arikis, the door to the cell swings open. Calatras steps through, looking up into your now glowing red eyes. Seeing the transformation fully overtake you, he reaches up with a set of keys and undoes the manacles. And as you drop to the ground, you feel at your wrists and feel that they have instantly healed. The regenerative nature of your devilish heritage now taking over. Finally, you are one of us. He holds his arm out to lift you off the ground. I think with Ariki's new power, she sees her herself and she needs like something to prove her power, so she says Bring me a pick and shovel. Calatras waves his hand and a pick and shovel materialize in the air and clatter to the floor of your circular cell. Okay, and Ariki's reaches down and they skitter and- across the backwards and forth. <laughs> Back and forth, yeah. Ariki's leans down and picks them up and just starts hacking away at the edges of the spherical cell. And over like a period of time, she's just doing this for ages. And one day Calatras comes back and it's a cube. <laughs> Ten days later, Calatras returns and you have hacked and dug at the corners of this spherical cell until it is now well there's no corners you've made corners in the spherical cell and uh, (laughs) this cell is now a perfect cube as you chip away the last stone he reaches down into the cell to give you a handout there's no more wall there's corners now edge meets edge Wall meets wall. I'm glad you enjoyed the spherical cell. It really works on the more OCD of prisoners. Aye, this is perfect. You fought a long time, but that makes the process all the sweeter. You will make a fearsome lieutenant for Dis. Who Dis? Who Dis? New foe, who Dis? (laughs) (laughs) New foe, who Dis? Uh, You will soon find out. And he reaches his arm down and lifts you out of the cell. And as you lift out into the light of the corridor, you see at the end a battered mirror sits at the end of the hall. And at that moment, you see your reflection. What do you see? It's like in 
um, what's that film? Is it The Princess Diaries? Where they take off the glasses and she's suddenly beautiful. Pick any 90s yeah. romantic comedy. Yeah. Um, and like Ariki shakes her hair back and like everything moves into slow motion and suddenly like... Because Ariki's, I think, I, maybe I've never really described her particularly well, but she's not like... She's never like been in my head at least like this like immensely beautiful person like she's kind of like unusual looking and her features are kind of angular but now she's like fox news presenter <laughs> like perfect like too perfect like symmetrical in every way except for the eye patch on on her face and even her skin is like way more smooth and like she's just weirdly beautiful unnaturally beautiful devilishly beautiful yeah calatras leads you down the halls of the the dungeon that he has kept you in before we go up there's something i want you to see i'm interested in how you feel about it he opens a cell door and leads you into a, another cell and against the wall a small familiar girl is chained Amelia, her small body pinned to the wall by long, hot chains, her body battered and bruised, small cuts bleeding on her face. She looks up at you with pure white eyes. Ariki's is shocked, and like in the back of her mind, Ariki's is still kind of in a cell, and and it's a it's a spherical cell inside of her head and there are no chains but there's no exit out of this space inside of her head and she's just running back and forth like beating against the walls of her mind and like just so consumed with sadness and pain but on the outside Ariki's is just calm and she reaches down and puts her hand on the girl's cheek and says, Ah, I remember you. Such beautiful skin. I wonder how it feels. She lightly taps it at first and then strokes it and then starts to walk away. And then at the falling of her step, she whips around and slams her tail into the girl's face followed by a second slap just for like cruelty each slap of your tail draws a slash of blood across Amelia's face her head rocks on her shoulders but once the blow is finished she looks at you and Calatras again defiantly her mouth a grim line and in, inside Ariki's head, Ariki's is screaming as loud as she can, like, I'm going to help you. I'm coming. Obviously, nothing else comes out of her mouth audibly, but Ariki's is inside just screaming and weeping. As Amelia's head rocks back and forth on her neck, you hear crunches of her vertebrae clicking together. 
Her head sits back on her shoulders, blood running from her mouth, and she again looks at you and Calatras defiantly. (laughs) This one is interesting. There's more to her than she appears. The last fragment of something that was once incredibly powerful. It's truly pathetic. Come, I'm glad to see you have grown a proper appetite. Calatras walks from the room. Come, Arikis. At the last moment, as Calatras is leaving the room, Arikis just lays a hand in defiance, calmly on the shoulder of Amelia, but then is pulled away by her body and she leaves. going to be too much pressure now. Shit! (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you all scramble forward and and make your way up the uh, rope ladder that hangs from the side of the ship. Um, And up on the deck, you can see that there's a small uh, cabin at the back with a a steering, like a tiller at the top and steps that lead down into the hull beneath, um, which is not a huge space, but enough to to store some stuff. And um, you can catch from the corner of your eye, there's a few uh, bales of, of like mouldy hay that you've managed to pick up and um, a few trinkets and bags of grain that you've been able to collect in, in your scavenging. Oi, uh, girl, what, what, where are we going, did you say? We're going back to the base. We're going to Nightport. Nightport. Right. I mean, and, and of course I know what that is, but um, <clears throat> my companions here may not be entirely sure. Sorry, I'm, I'm at a loss. Nightport, yeah, I've well, never heard. We're, we're a little lost. It's, 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 it's my home. It's, it's on an asteroid. We have to go. Is that like a hemorrhoid? Or? A, yeah, what's an asteroid? Uh, no time. You'll see it when we get there. Explain on the way. That's right. what I said to the All doctor. Right. It's good enough for me. You know how we said we could fly this thing? Um, totally, yes. I know what to do, but Thandor might be a little bit rusty. Um, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. Andromeda's just going to click her finger and Tink's going to go and start flying it. Okay, awesome. You click your finger and Tink runs forward and slaps one of the uh, catches on the, the winch release um, and a sail unfurls above you. Uh, I was going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the, the, the black place. sail runs down above the ship um, and as it billows out, you can see this black sail it seems to have been rent by three claws which leave bloody claw scratches through the sail in the symbol. That looks like it's going to be a problem. It'll be fine, it'll be fine. Um, it's actually stitched in with really nice red silk <laughs> stitching. So beautiful. Looks- no, I mean, it looks like it'd be a problem to wash. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised if you just don't put it with the whites, right. it's fine. Uh, okay. Good to know. Good to know. I already knew that. <laughs> yep. Um, you draw up the anchor and the ship begins to, to move forward. Um, and even though there's no wind blowing around you, the ship itself seems to catch some unseen wind and, and move its way forwards. And you feel the boards underneath creak as it angles forwards and, and moves. And, and as it creaks, you can hear almost the whisper of a voice in the ship. And um, you feel a resonance in, in the hull underneath you as um, the, the figurehead of a lion cuts through the, the sky ahead of you. And as the ship circles up and around, the dome of pushed back smog begins to fold and collapse inwards 
as the the ship circles upwards in a corkscrew its right um, foil hanging from the side catching the edge of the smog and dragging a trail of smoke as it circles upwards into the sky and out the top of the dome it almost looks like that dome which is clearly made to protect the land is now trapping in the dangerous smoke and and horrible pollution. That looks like a terrible, terrible thing. Mother Nature! Why would you do this? Who's that? It's a Goliath thing. Okay. You wouldn't understand. I don't. None of us understand, really. No one understands. And a single tear rolls down right now's cheek. And it's not raining either, so you can see it this time. The ship sails up um, into the the night sky and and as it flies higher and higher, you can see off in the distance the the larger ship sailing ahead of you almost so far that you don't think you'll ever be able to catch it. And the ship sails upwards and upwards into the night and towards this band of asteroids that float around the planet. And as you lift up above the swathe of ash cloud that covers the planet beneath you you too spot these few fragile domes that poke up above this swirling cloud the last vestiges of of intelligent life on the planet and as you lift up higher and higher more of the planet is revealed beneath you you feel the feeling that you are just some tiny speck of a creature grows and grows within your heart as the the majesty and the enormous size of the planet is revealed beneath you and as you sail up towards the asteroids these few remaining domes amidst this endless endless cloud of ash and fire seem to be doomed how could they ever survive amongst all of this surrounding death and destruction as that feeling encompasses Snatch, he starts to get really dizzy and he's exhausted and he kind of clings onto the side of the ship and suffers vertigo really badly and is immensely confused about what the hell is going on and he faints. Oh shit! Thandor goes over and starts like trying to wave his hand in front of his gauntlet in front of (laughs) <laughs> Snatches face. He may slap him a couple of times as well. Alan runs <laughs> forward and shoulder charges Thandor out of the way and grabs Snatch and uh, casts Healing Word into him, the golden energy cascading down his hands, and he flashes you a big grin as he does Thandor, and it surges into into Snatch. Did you say he flashes him a big grin? Yeah, flashes Thandor a big grin. Ding! Thank you. Um <gasps> What the fuck's going on? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. As you awake, Satch, you're on your back on the deck and you're looking up as this asteroid belt grows closer and closer. And as you watch, you seem to break through the the edge of the outer atmosphere. And and as you do, a bubble seems to sheen sheen around the, the, um, the ship. And the wind still surrounds you, but the bluish tint of the sky disappears and the inky blackness of space surrounds you. Um, and as it does, you see these asteroids coming towards you, Snatch, and the vertigo and, and um, you know, the feeling of being unsettled only increases with that. And you, li- like, heave up and vomit out across the railing. And as this projectile vomit flies out, it 
goes past the bubble that surrounds the ship and just floats weightlessly in space, frozen instantly in horrendous chunks. That is fucking sick. <laughs> it is fucking sick. Literally. That's beautiful. I just got like the whole kind of like, you know, oh, it's a plastic bag. It's so beautiful. Brackeye goes over and joins who he's about to find out is Andromeda at, what he's about to find out is the bridge. And um, what is this place? Also, what's your name and what is this specific place? This Physically, we're on my ship. Right. Um, It's pretty self, have you never been on one? No. I've heard of things and I've seen them from afar, but only on water. That's very strange. We don't put ships on water. Well, these ones. Um, my name's Andromeda. Who are you? Brackeye. My name's Alan. Hi. Thanks for saving us. I'm Thandor. I'm the one that saved you, not that guy. <laughs> That's Snatch. And I'm Snatch. <laughs> Hello. Um, Andromeda's just going to go and pat him on the back and be like, it's very common the first time that you ride a ship. Don't worry. These guys are the weird ones. That makes me feel lots better. That's fair. Thank you. Yeah, that's fair. What, what, so what does Andromeda look like? Uh, long, plaited green hair, um, green eyes, olive skin, and wearing just a basic dress smock kind of thing that's grubby. And, like, like roughly how old? About 12, 13. This might be presumptuous to say, but you seem quite a young captain, Andromeda. Well, there's ways that you can be a captain. The physical looks don't really matter for how old you are. I agree. How old are you? Uh, in Goliath years or in um, other years? Both. Okay. Um, let me just wake this out. Um, there was that thing, then the flood, then, and then uh, apocalypse training, part one and part two. Okay, uh, twenty-four in in Goliath years. And what in normal years? Twenty-four. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I need to get back to my home. I need to I need to find Lion and tell him that tell him that they stole my I found it first. Who's Lion? And and found what? Right. Uh, yeah. <sighs> Lion runs the port. He's he's Southport or whatever it's called. Um Nightport. Yeah, Dayport. Dayport. Nightport. There. Nightport. Lightport. <laughs> Tawny um, port. Courtney Portnoy. <laughs> he's he's the head of the pirates. He's, he's the pirate king. If I get that rock, I can free my sister. Your, your sister? Right. Lysandra. She created all those guns. Oh, talented lass? She is. She's, she made Tink. Oh, well, she's wow. got quite a knack for making sh- stuff. She, she does. She's, she's fantastic. Nailed You'll- it. <laughs> <laughs> You might meet her. You might. If we, we need to try and get that rock first. Right, so we need the rock to save his sister. Yes. Well, what are we waiting for? Awesome. I was looking for something to do. <laughs> no, I don't know what's going on. Just one thing. Yeah. I'm still a little bit cold. Um, you don't have any blankets or... It's cold in space. Maybe some food as well. Can you guys help me, though? I... I'm not just going to give you my stuff. Oh, well, no, we're, we're the best kind of ad- adventurers out there. I mean, Is I already like saved you your could, life once. You said you could fly my ship and you couldn't. No, well, uh, it's because the, I, I let the cat f- 
out of the, the bag. Ship because I know how it works. It was delegation is an important skill of any good leader. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. The cat just got in before me. You know, as you would just, know as a captain, delegation very important. Mm. Right. So delegate. What can we do? Um. Well, come in here. Let's go get you some clothes. Hooray! Oh, she, okay. She leads them to a small cupboard um, and says, uh, "Help yourself. Have a look." Okay. It's mostly stuff we've stolen from other people. It's all yours. Oh, excellent! Uh, stolen clothes are my favourite kind. Alan <laughs> uh, opens the cupboard and there's a, a big bundle of uh, of discarded and different clothes of all different colours and, and cuts. Oh, shotgun! Brackeye grabs the giant lobster suit. Crossbow. <laughs> <laughs> Crossbow. Um, a grabs a large uh, fur coat, like a, a big puffy fur coat that goes down to his ankles. Snatch is looking for food. He's not looking at clothes at all. <laughs> hey, look, Snatch. It's a vest made of herring. <laughs> <laughs> Walks up and sniffs it. Oh, yeah. Mm. Fresh. T- yeah, real fresh. I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> Licks it. Yeah, herring vest. <laughs> oh, no, I think herring bone, right? Yeah. <laughs> There's also a bag over there with some food in it, mostly fruit. Oh, why didn't you tell me? Oh, food? wow, Do you thank mind? you. Apples? I, 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 yes, there's apples in there. Yes, Tamara! Um, you grab some food and, and um, clothe yourselves for the colder weather as the, the ship sails um, up into the asteroid belt. And Andromeda, you take the helm again uh, as you guide the ship through the asteroid belt, dodging small um, rocks and, and large boulders as, as you sail through this, um, this shifting landscape uh, of floating rock. Uh, and you weave the ship expertly through this uh, field of detritus. Um, as you emerge, Detris, debris, debris, cheese. Mm. <laughs> um, I prefer to come and Yeah, you, you float up as a huge wheel of breeze spins past <laughs> you in space, um, and uh, the the ship pops up above the asteroid belt, and ahead of you, you can see the giant shape of a dark, heavy moon that sits just beyond the asteroid belt and seemingly locked gravitationally to this moon. An asteroid larger than all the others sits just above the belt, this huge, flat, black stone asteroid. That's no moon. Sorry, just and over the top, <laughs> beautiful. <Do laughs> There's it. been a couple already. Yeah. Um, and uh, over the top of this asteroid, a shimmering blue dome glints um, in the the very little light that escapes past this this large dark moon. Um, and as you look at this moon, a, a thin purple outline seems to shine around the edge of the moon and illuminate and flicker off this blue dome on the rock um, as the ship lifts up and flies towards Nightport. And I think that is where we will end today's game. Thank you for joining us for Dice Paper Roll Book 2, Chapter 9. Our next episode will be in a fortnight. Um, Thanks to Mika for joining us. Yeah. Uh, Mika's going to stick around and record another episode with us and we'll also have a bit of a post-game chat. But um, oh, if you play D&D as well uh, and you like miniatures, you should check out extrudedgaming.com. They make 
fucking awesome miniatures, 3D printed, all made and designed in Australia. Um, actually, my my stepbrother Jasper is the uh, is the maker of them, and he's he's really doing some very cool things with different materials. So, if you uh, want to enhance cool. your game, yeah. hasn't he got like one where like there's a jar? On a shelf, and the scan of inside the jar, he actually scanned a real human. Yeah, he got heart. a CT scan of a heart in That's order to make so the cool. heart inside That's the jar. Cool. Yeah, check it out, everyone. It's yeah. really, really, yeah, they're really like cool little stuff. pieces of dungeon terrain, right? Like yeah. extra bits that you mm. add into your your grid maps or whatever to to give flavour to the space that you're in, and like piles of coins and um, yeah, all sorts swords, of swords, bones. It's, uh, it's cool. Like stuff. the the stuff that I saw where it's like the the tables and the benches and stuff and it's like because he's 3D printed it with like actual wood wood fiber, wood fiber. Yeah. and it's like so you pick it up and it's like what the f- it's, it's like a little actual bench it's great yeah they're super fucking cool yeah and uh, it's important to say Dice Paper Roll don't do advertising we just uh, like to talk about things that um, we think are good and this this is good stuff so yeah. extrudedgaming.com um, see you in a fortnight Dice Paper Roll out oh, oh, out oh, oh, we are out of practice yeah. no that's alright yes. Bye. Bye. See you. Welcome to Dissection with the tight... Five with Mika on board. Hello, 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 yes. hello. Um, taking five with the five. Oh, still workshopping. <laughs> still not settled. Yeah, on what, it's what it's called. Still not settled. I like I like dissection, but I think like a subheading is a, is always a good thing. Loose, right. I liked loose ten. Loose ten the, the top one? five. Yeah, no, I dig that. Mm. Uh, just you know, um, trying but, other things before we commit. Yeah. <laughs> Kill Sounds game, like my twenties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. There were some very cool images in there. Uh, yeah, thank yeah. you. I was just mostly like, "What the fuck is going on?" Yeah, <laughs> and and when you arrived, Mika, when Andromeda arrived in the ship. <laughs> oh my god, that was so fucking. <laughs> what cool. an entrance! It was so amazing. Yeah, and old mate jumping off, tying the rope around. Holy shit! That oh was yeah, very cool. breaking his arm and leg just to retrieve. Yeah. I'm I'm very much looking forward to finding out more about what's going yeah, on. Yeah, but it, all that all that role play just as like as soon as the whole kind of skyship and you coming in and then like straight away like with the other what were they Storm and what was the other one? Talon Talon like Although they're dead, <laughs> who were they? They were the two NPCs that did I got. Did we even Mika take their bodies? I was like, you made me make did we even take their bodies with us? No, no. I didn't. I didn't like him. You didn't like them that much. I don't want to be a pirate. Fair enough. Interesting. But they did. Oh, yeah. Right. They were proper, right? Yeah. Proper pirates. Yeah. I like Tink. Tink's cool. That was yours. That was cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, you wanted a cat, and then um, just to go in line with like all the technology in this um, little arc with muskets and everything, fit really well to have the clockwork cat. Would you call it a space punk opera? A little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Space punk pirate opera. Yeah. My favorite kind of opera. Yeah, it's super cool. Like it's at first, like just the whole kind of like we're lost and we're in this. Like the the descriptions were beautiful. Like the just the haze and just like yeah. that whole kind of thing and just really trudging eerie. along. Yeah, and yeah, I don't know what it was. I just kind of really had I pictured it super clearly. Just that kind of like smoky haze that was just like what the fuck. Like and we're just 
trudging through it all. Um, and then that reveal of the the meteor coming in and it bursting all away and we all get blown away and then you're coming flying in on this thing. It was just, ah, it was, it was just super cool. I was like super jelly at all that shit. I was like, ah, oh, so cool. Thanks, man. I really wanted to like uh, convey the feeling of a dead world mm. um, in that beginning bit. So I wanted it to be like a little bit slow and like the taste of ash and burning and death all around you yeah, mm. to, to convey, you know, um, what can happen if the moons collide and you don't take care of your planet and you go into like a nuclear winter or whatever. Um, thankfully, we just get to keep all that in D&D land. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. And yeah. not worry about it in our real oh, lives. Um, so, yeah, and uh, and then, yeah, obviously shifting up gear into the, the second half of the game to, to bring in some sick mm. space sky pirates. Yeah, yeah. and just makes me go like because this is all like so foreign to like all of us like i I don't know had we even kind of like established sky ships as being like because i know that that's a part of like D universe and that kind of thing but you know i kind of feel like even in our our game in our universe that isn't uh hadn't been a thing in gray mead or that that was like because there was felt more like a feudal kind of like traditional european medieval sort of thing so just everything and just like how as a character responding to that like muskets you know and just seeing you get shredded it's like (laughs) the fuck kind of magic is that yeah Mm. pretty scary Mm. pretty scary to see three people be obliterated like that in one salvo right yeah and for the listeners at home mika how many times did you play D &D before today uh one Right, as in yeah. one one full campaign. Nope. nope. Fun game. One <laughs> game. Good. Right. So how'd you go with game number two? Yeah. Uh, I think it was all right. It was yeah. It's confusing because I listen. So I was like, when you start introducing yourself, I was like, I know. Oh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Good. And same as when you sent me like all the information, I was like, what have I missed? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, I see. It's the start of your yep. <laughs> right. <laughs> So time of playing, uh, listeners, so we've just released Chapter 5 yeah. uh, and so this is Chapter 9. So Mika obviously doesn't know what's ha- actually happened. She hasn't listened to that, the last three chapters. Yeah. that's um, And it's slightly different from the yeah. last chapter. Um, just a little bit. Yeah, a little little different in, in sort of surround and, and setting. Yeah. Um, but thanks for um, – I feel like if I was listening to a podcast, like I'd love to – fucking love to come on it if they ask me to come on but i feel like that's just like i i get really upset when people spoil things for me and i feel like that's that's quite a sacrifice to make i think to be like yeah but on the flip side of that i like to insert myself into things so i'm like oh <laughs> yeah i know that's fine <laughs> yeah. oh i see what's happening yeah. here yeah. yeah i'm i'm on board for you know guesting on a podcast that uh that you know you're a fan of so Oh yeah, I wasn't saying I'm not a fan. I just oh, like just to... so if Dave Anthony, if you're listening, I'm <laughs> free for any episodes of the Dollop. <laughs> Gareth Travis Reynolds. McElroy, yeah, Travis yeah, any... Griffin, any guys, we're cool. We're all available. Yeah, yeah, broadswords. Uh, really, really available. Yeah, yeah. schedules yeah. wide, wide open. open, wide open, <laughs> wide. Uh, <sighs> so open uh, the schedule. Can people ask? Can you people like add you on social media to ask you what you, how you were, how your experience of D and D was, or something? If they want, I'm, yeah. I don't know. Social media. Yeah. Do you have a about. Twitter or anything? I don't have a Twitter. I've only got 
Facebook and Instagram. Oh. You can go on my Instagram. There I do go. clowning stuff. Um, I'm at I'm going to clown college and I do juggling and stilt walking and stuff. <laughs> how did you get that handle? I feel like that would have been popular. Yeah. No one yeah. had it. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so great. Going to clown college. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> great. Oh, my God. Well, now no one else can get it because right. of Mika. Yeah, suckers. So you should add Mika on uh, Instagram, Instagram. And, and say hello and yeah. um, check out some of her mad juggling skills. <laughs> mm. Right. Um, well, that's probably 10 or thereabouts. That's a loose 10. That's a loose 10. Yeah, exactly. It's all loose. <laughs> uh, well, we, um, we, 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 Weirdly Winky. Moving <laughs> 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 mean, through the stairs. Uh, type 5 out. Out. Out, out, out. Ripcord. <laughs> <laughs> It almost looks like that dome, which is clearly made to protect the land, is now trapping in the dangerous smoke and, and horrible pollution. That looks like a terrible, terrible thing. Mother Nature! <laughs> Why would you do this? 